There's a story often told that upon exiting the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin was approached by a group of citizens asking what sort of government the delegates had created. His answer was, a republic if you can keep it. So if you ask me, David Happy, the billion dollar seller, what the best platform to sell is for e-commerce, for any brand, I would say Amazon, if you can keep it. Welcome to the Billion Dollar Seller Podcast with David Happy. Happy Independence Week. We're sliding into what is hopefully a long weekend for many of you. I hope you had a great Independence Day celebration. I spent a good part of mine getting one of our clients' accounts unfrozen from Amazon. They almost got their account permanently suspended, so I had to do some work with India and then with the U.S. in order to get them restored. And I can't tell you exactly what they did, and I can't tell you exactly who they are, but what I can tell you is one of the first things that they noticed even before they saw the red kiss of death flag which is what you get on your Amazon Seller Central page when you're about to get kicked out of Amazon permanently. One of the first things they noticed was they went to one of their listings and they saw that instead of the listing, when they clicked on the link to their item, they saw a dog. And I've put the dog on the article. You can go over to the BillionDollarSeller.com, take a look at the blog. You can see a copy of one of the dogs of Amazon and the, the way that the dogs of Amazon actually got popularized. When I work for Amazon directly, they put me up in a penthouse in the Pike Place market in Seattle as I was their lead consultant when we opened up several new categories for Amazon. I was on Amazon's payroll. But they allow, and at that time they allowed dogs in the office if you wanted to bring your dog to work. Now I was living in a Amazon condo, so I didn't have a dog, but we're talking everything from little chihuahuas all the way up to Great Danes walking through the Amazon offices and they have dog bones all over the place. This is not like a special event, but like a daily thing over there. So they have a feature on Amazon called the Dogs of Amazon, literally employees' dogs that they take pictures of. And those pictures are what they use to replace your product listing when they're in the process of taking you down. So I spent my holiday helping somebody get their account restored. Um, it's the worst part of the work that I do with Amazon. It's the toughest part of the work that we do with Amazon because a lot of times it's unsuccessful. So I needed a couple beers on the 4th of July to relax and celebrate the fact that I accomplished for the customer what they might not have ever been able to accomplish on their own. But again, it's a worst case scenario. And if you get to that point in your business, um, it's, a, it's all preventable, by the way. I sat down and I wrote a cathartic article. I needed some uh, relief, some stress relief. So I wrote an article that you can see on the BillionDollarSeller.com called 10 Fatal Flaws When Selling on the Amazon Marketplace. And we're going to talk through those because whether or not you do business with us, if you're doing business with Amazon, most of these problems are preventable. So I'm going to walk you through what I consider to be 10 fatal flaws with regard to your Amazon business. If you avoid doing these 10 fatal flaws, you'll likely at least be able to survive on the Amazon marketplace. But let's talk about it. One of your worst nightmares would be if you are reliant on your Amazon business as part of your business strategy and you wake up one day to see that red flag of death on your account. It happens right on your seller central page. 
And when you see that, they've crippled most of your capabilities to do anything, to do bank transfers, to change any of your information. Really about the only thing you can do at that time, and in some cases you can't even do that, but really about the only thing you can do is communicate with Amazon seller support directly. Uh, typically, actually, it's not even seller support, it's seller performance. There's two different departments at Amazon. One is seller support, one is seller performance, and they have different functions and different features. But seller performance are the uh, the escalations and kind of the shutdown folks. So anyway, got their account restored. Hope I never have to work on that for you. If you're not an existing client of ours, we probably wouldn't work on that for you because it's very difficult and many times it's unsuccessful. But let's talk about 10 things that you can do right now to avoid, I'm going to turn them into a positive, but the article is written from a negative perspective because I had to get it off my chest. But um, the article is called 10 things, 10 fatal flaws when selling on the Amazon marketplace. Number one fatal flaw in selling on the Amazon marketplace. And it just starts really at the very beginning of your experience on Amazon is inadequate product research no matter what kind of products you're selling. One of the biggest blunders that sellers make when you're launching products on Amazon is not doing research. You know, the one nice part about Amazon is it's a metrics driven business and there's so much data available for you. There's so many ways to research, not, not the least of which is just getting yourself a glass of wine or a yingling beer and sitting down some night and going through the Amazon listings and doing searches and doing keyword searches and typing in things that you think your competitors might be looking at or looking for and just kind of spending some time getting to know the product listings on Amazon. Number one area of failure on Amazon is failing to analyze the market demand, know who your competitors are and well, you know, if you if you do this wrong, you're going to have poor sales, you're going to have wasted resources. If you're the CEO of a company and your people aren't living, breathing, eating your your competitors and, and Amazon analytics, then you're just wasting resources. Spend some time researching customer preferences on Amazon. Look at the reviews. Look at what people say they like. Look at what people say they hate. You know, the first time... Um, after my days on Amazon, when I became an Amazon seller, one of the first things that I did was I overstated some of our product features. You know, I got so creative with regard to the copy we were using. I embellished some of the features. I made it sound like this was the best thing since sliced bread. And it was good product, but it wasn't the best thing since sliced bread. And if you say that something is the best of the best of the best, and it's really just kind of average, Listen, the customers are going to respond with reviews that say that it's average. So research customer preferences. You want to research profitable niches. You want to analyze market trends. You know, there are some categories that you can't even advertise on. I own some inventory. One of the companies that I own is a cigar humidor company that I co-developed with a friend of mine that started it to begin with. But did you know that you can't, you can list cigar humidors on Amazon, but did you know that you can't promote them? So if part of your strategy is going to be to buy PPC advertising on Amazon or Google or wherever, you get into a category like tobacco accessories and you can't advertise it. You know, there's a whole list of products you can't list on Amazon at all. So I'm going to add that list to the article on the billion dollar seller. Go find this article. Um, I'll add a listing of all of the products that you can't sell on Amazon so that I make sure you're not wasting your time right at the very beginning by 
you know, if you, if you, uh, weapons, another great example of a category that you can't sell on Amazon. So once upon a time, I had some Kubatons, which are little, uh, self-defense keychain weapons. You'll see some Kubatons listed on Amazon, but they're prohibited items. So even, even if, a, even if somebody else has one, it doesn't mean you're going to be able to list it because there's a whole list of items that are not allowed on Amazon. So take a look at the list. We'll put it on the article called 10 fatal flaws when selling on the Amazon marketplace over at the billion, over at billion dollar seller.com billion dollar seller.com. Number two, uh, poor product listings. If you are looking for a fatal flaw on your Amazon business, poor product listings is up at the top of my list. A poorly created listing can hinder your sales, avoid vague or incomplete descriptions, low quality images, inaccurate product descriptions. You know what? I have a company here in town that I love and I'll just give a little plug for them. I don't we, uh, other than having, you know, kind of referring business back and forth, uh, she's just a quality person that leads, that's the president of this company, but take a look at, I'll put a link on the article to a company called Design Pod, Design Pod Studios. And I use Design Pod Studios for things like graphics, for making comparative charts for me that I can use for A plus content on Amazon. So you, you might, if you, if your expertise is not on the creative side, mine absolutely is not. So my company often refers people, vendors that we work with over to design pod studios for some creative work, some, what I call a plus, do you know what a plus content is? If you don't know what a plus content is, you better start there. You better start by finding out what a plus content is because like on Walmart, we can just create regular product listings, right? Take your, the, the product description you might have on your website and the bullet points you might have on your website. And we can cut and paste those into Walmart on Amazon. You need a plus content. What's a plus content. It's tons of images. It's lifestyle images. It's better copy. It's comparative charts. It's product videos, etc. So I use design pod studios to do some of the a plus content, especially the graphic laid and heavy work. Um, but if you don't know what a plus content is, start your research on that because poor product listings are one of the fatal flaws of Amazon. The number three fatal flaw that I've listed for Amazon is ignoring customer reviews and customer feedback. Ignoring customer reviews and customer feedback is a grave mistake that can harm your reputation and impact future sales. Amazon is algorithmically heavy. And if you got great product reviews and a ton of them, um, you can't game the system anymore, by the way. When we first started out on Amazon, you could go buy, you know, buy 500 reviews for 500 bucks or give away a bunch of free product and get a bunch of free reviews. Amazon is so sophisticated now in how they uh, protect against fraud in that way. They've actually litigated against several of the fraudulent perpetrators of fake review systems and that type of thing. So don't think that you can game the system, but you also can't ignore customer reviews and customer feedback. You know, if I have a brand new item and that item is just struggling to get its first couple reviews, man, I hope those reviews, number one, I want to sell product. That's great product. And if I sell product, that's great product for the most part, the reviews are going to take care of themselves, but I'm going to be very protective overzealous of trying to get as good a feedback as I can early on, because that feedback can make or break an item and it can make or break a business respond, respond promptly to customer queries and complaints 
use feedback to improve your product or service. Listen to what these customers say. Remember, I told you that one of my first listings, I, I embellished, I overstated the value of some of the features of the product. And now that those products became some of my better selling products when I just used truth in advertising to clarify and, and refine the listing. Keep in mind that selling on Amazon, it's not a one and done. You don't make a product listing and then everything's perfect and then you go work on something else. This is a continual process. So I'm going to address customer concerns. I'm going to build my brand's credibility by being responsive to the marketplace. Answer customer inquiries immediately, in my opinion. Make sure at least one person from your company gets email alerts, text alerts, and has the Amazon seller app installed on their phone. If I get, uh, if I have a client that has, gets uh, customer feedback uh, that they need to respond to on a Saturday, I don't want to wait till Monday. I want it responded to on Saturday. And Amazon selling on Amazon, the nice part is, for the most part, it's passive, right? The Amazon is working for you 24 7, 365. But I don't want to take from Friday afternoon until Monday morning off of Amazon because sometimes if a customer sends you something and you don't respond right away, then customer jackass turns around and leaves negative feedback and files claims with Amazon and does all kinds of crazy escalations that Amazon has taught them to do. So number one, the metric, the performance metric here is your responses to Amazon customers can't take over 24 hours. You need to respond every single time within a 24 hour window, or you can literally get in the doghouse with Amazon over poor uh, customer performance. You know, one time Jeff Bezos, when I was at Amazon, there were a couple of their executives that were talking about a specific instance where a customer wanted a refund for a book. And the executives were like, well, you know, the customer's really abusing the situation or whatever. And Jeff Bezos actually walked into the conference room when they were talking about this. And he sat there and he listened to this for about 30 seconds and he interrupted the conversation. He said, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a, give the customer the money. Give a, we're talking about a book. We're probably talking about, you know, $16.99. Give the customer the benefit of the doubt and give the customer a book. Because when we're on Amazon, we're playing for the 99% of these transactions that go correctly. So the 1% of the transactions that don't go correctly, I want your company to take extraordinary measures on Amazon to take care of these people. And it may be, you may feel like it's a little bit abusive. Uh, it is. Amazon has created kind of a culture. There's a subculture amongst a small very slim minority of customers where they abuse the system. And we just look at that as a cost of doing business. So the fatal flaw, I think we're on, what was this? Number three was ignoring customer reviews and feedback. Take care of the customers, go to extraordinary lengths. There was a story uh, once upon a time about a retailer that got a return from a customer of some tires and the retailer didn't even carry tires. I think it was, who was it? Was that Macy's maybe? A legendary story from back in the day of just customer service. That's just kind of absurd to levels, but that's the 1%. Play for the 99, make your money on the 99% and take care of the 1%. But if you're going to survive on Amazon, you need to have a strategy and a policy within your company of being extraordinary in terms of your customer service that you provide to Amazon customers. Amazon considers these their customers, not yours. The next one on our list is ineffective pricing strategies. Pricing your products too high, 
Pricing your products too low, both can be a problem for your sales. Setting prices too high might deter potential buyers while underpricing may erode your profit margins. Um, if you're going to do PPC advertising, you need to have products that are, I mean, if I like, if I buy a product that's two, three, four bucks at cost, I want to sell it for 20, 30 bucks. I need to make sure the market can actually afford that so that I have enough money to pay for shipping, pay Amazon their fees, uh, anticipate the 1% that's going to cause me problems, etc. There are third party companies that you can use to do market research, but the best way for you to do market research is by being a student of your industry. Now, I, at the Billion Dollar Seller, shouldn't have to teach you about your industry. We'll study competition together if you become one of our customers. But really, understanding your competitors, your sales rankings on Amazon, study the competition because ineffective pricing strategies, you price too high, you're not going to sell anything. You price too low and you're giving away the farm. And sometimes, by the way, customers are hesitant to buy products that seem priced ridiculously too low because number one, they'll think you're a Chinese uh, flooding the market competitor. And number, number two is they might just not trust that if you have something that should retail for 50 bucks and it's on Amazon for 20, they'll be like, mm, not so sure. So study the competition. Ineffective pricing strategies can kill you on Amazon. Maybe we're on number five, which is inadequate inventory management. And I'm going to add to this. I'm going to add a little footnote on this. Shipping, uh, if you're doing fulfilled by manufacturer versus fulfilled by Amazon, and there's pros and cons to each. But um, inadequate inventory management, and I'm going to start this by something that's not in the article that says ship on time. You know what, if you're a serious business person running a serious business, then CEOs of your company put in a policy that says Amazon orders are going to be shipped within one business day, period. You can set that variable right on Amazon, but there's none of this shipping taking three, four days. You know, I worked with one company. I couldn't get out of there fast. I had one client company. They were the worst shippers I've ever seen. And you know, the hardest part about this business is to get an order. Once you get an order, the easiest part, if you're not an idiot, is to ship the product that the customer ordered. And I had one particular client, and I just, I, I've never seen such a shit show of the fact that we got a bunch of orders in and they had the inventory, but they just didn't ship. And who knows what they were sitting around with their thumbs up their butts. I don't know what they were doing, but ship on time. Inadequate inventory management, what I was really talking about for purposes of the article, though, was running out of stock. Uh, if you're using Amazon FBA, it might if fulfilled by Amazon, it might take you three, four weeks to get back in stock. And conversely, if you have too much inventory, too much inventory, uh, eventually you can face some warehouse charges from Amazon, etc. Amazon's um, changing around the way that they handle their own charges on their Amazon inventory, uh, stocking for you in the Amazon FBA right now. So employ effective inventory management practices. Again, this is not set it and forget it. We're not going to ship a thousand pieces of something into Amazon, which may be 800 more than we need and just assume that we're just going to stuff them and then we're fine and we move on to something else. Practice the basic retail disciplines of forecast demand monitoring stock levels using inventory. Amazon has some amazing inventory management tools. 
And if you're selling on Amazon and you're not nerding out, or if you're a CEO and you don't have a couple of Amazon nerds on your team or people like me that are watching these inventory management tools for you, you're just wasting your time. Either go all in on Amazon or go none in on Amazon, but use the inventory management tools, maintain a healthy stock level, keep your turnovers good. We're looking for a turn, in my opinion, we're looking for, do you know what a turnover is? A turnover is when you buy inventory, you turn it into inventory, you ship the inventory and it sits on a shelf, it sells to a customer, the customer pays for it, which turns it back into cash again. And you, that's one turnover, okay? Buying the inventory, stocking it, shipping it, receiving the cash for it, that's an, a turn of one. We're looking for a turn of somewhere around five times a year. So maybe let's, let's for easy math, let's call it six times a year. That means we go through that cycle. Uh, if we get six inventory turns a year, that means every two months we're replenishing inventory because we're selling out of inventory. So watch your inventory turnover. I'm looking for an inventory turn of five or six. If I have an inventory turn of five, my inventory is turning over a little bit slower than if I have an inventory turn of six. Um, an if you had an inventory turn of one, that would mean you're, you're only turning over your inventory into cash once a year. An inventory turn of three means once a quarter, you're turning your inventory back into cash. So let's look for an inventory turn of five or six. We're keeping our replenishment at Amazon at around a 45 to 60 days worth of supply if we're using Amazon FBA. But know your numbers. Remember on the Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful always says numbers, numbers, numbers. If you don't know what the numbers are, how are you going to run a business? So let's talk just real quickly uh, as we wrap up inventory management about seasonality. For consumer goods on Amazon, I always expect Amazon's November sales to be about two times a normal month. So if I look at it, let's, let's take an average of uh, June and July and August. And just, let's just average our unit sales for June and July and August. Let's come up with an average monthly sales. We're going to call November's forecast 2x that. So if my average was 500, then November is going to be uh, 1,000 in unit sales. And then we're going to look at December, and we're going to call the first two weeks of December two times November's weekly average sales. So I'm going to compare week versus week because I really want to build a forecast plan. I really want to build an inventory plan so we know how many we're expecting to sell on Amazon. Is it a science? No. Is it a pretty good guesstimate? That's ah, probably better than what you're using right now. So let's call November two times the average and let's call the first two weeks of December two times November's weekly average. And with that, we can build an inventory management best guess, and we're going to use that to manage our inventory levels and our stock levels. So when we're talking about 10 fatal flaws when selling on the Amazon marketplace, after we talk about inventory management, we're going to move into neglecting Amazon search engine optimization. So again, Amazon, is it's a process. It's what I explained to our customers is that we're never done on Amazon with regard to product descriptions, product images, product videos, A-plus content, refining. Now Amazon has actually introduced a tool for sellers like us where we can do A-B split testing of product listings. So if you have the Amazon brand registry, which we can talk about separately, it's not even, I didn't even touch on that in this article, but if you have the brand registry, you can now do Amazon split testing where you could take the same item 
and you can set a listing up one way and see how it responds against setting it up a second way and do brand testing within the A, a plus content itself to see how customers respond based on what you communicate to them. Neglecting search engine optimization on Amazon can result in poor visibility and reduced sales. So we're driving, uh, so the Amazon algorithm is secret and it changes all the time. So you got to stay up on reading some of the nerd journals to see what the latest theories are on Amazon algorithms. But what we do know is that your title matters a lot. Putting keywords into your titles matters a lot. Having your title be the same length and not too long and not too short matters a lot. Amazon does index from your bullet points or what they call your key features. So those bullet points matter a lot. Your product description is less indexed. Hey, even when you do, so let's talk uh, just real quickly, and I don't want to go down too many rabbit trails here, but when you do A-plus content, it's still important that hidden behind that A-plus content is a good product description. And when you do your A-plus content correctly, the product description that you write may never show up on the Amazon website, but that's okay. You still have to have that behind the scenes, and that still plays into the search engine optimization. So make sure you have decent product descriptions for your search results. You can conduct keyword research, and there's a million ways to conduct key, keyword research. Uh, we're not even going to be able to do the tip of the iceberg on that here on the show. Uh, there are some third-party services you can actually use to do keyword research, but this should be for your business overall. This shouldn't be Amazon-specific, meaning you should come into Amazon with an idea of the keywords that you want to target on Amazon for high volume, low competition keywords, long tail keywords, things that can enhance your product discoverability, things that create direct hits for you, 130 decibel, uh, personal alarm, weather resistant, you know, rape alarm. Those, there, are, there are specific words and specific keys that will key people into your product. And there's a couple of really neat tricks if you ever do become a client with us or if you ever take one of our coaching calls, just remind me to tell you the super shortcut into discovering what the easiest way is to figure out which of the keywords within your category have major play on Amazon. Um, I always tell our clients, though, that this SEO optimization on Amazon is a process, not an event. We'll never be done with this. We'll always be experimenting, refining, correcting, watching our competitors, studying the latest trends, copying our competitors, changing our bullet points, changing our copy, refining our A-plus content. It's, a, it's ongoing. It's, it's something that it's an ongoing study. You become a student of Amazon A-plus content. You become a student of your competitors. But neglecting your Amazon SEO, you're just, again, I, I hate to keep repeating the same thing, but you're just wasting your time and possibly our time if you're not going to nerd out and go all in on this. Next up on our list of things that can kill your business on Amazon, the number one thing that's going to kill your business on Amazon and what I was just dealing with in terms of trying to get my customer's business restored for them was violating Amazon's policies. And spend some time on this. Spend some time understanding the rules of the road. You didn't, when you got your driver's license, you sat and you studied what it would take to get your driver's license to get a permit to operate a vehicle. Let's study what it takes to be successful on Amazon and stay on Amazon, but violating Amazon policies. Well, let me give you an easy one uh, non circumvention. What does that mean? 
That means if I uh, put something in my Amazon package that leads a customer away from Amazon to my own website, I'm like, hey, buy additional accessories from DaveHappy.com. Well, Amazon every once in a while will open up something that you're shipping to a customer and Amazon's even been known from time to time to buy a product from you as a seller to see what you're shipping to customers. And I can tell you right now that if you have a strategy to try to circumvent Amazon customers and bring customers to your own website to complete additional sales with them, then that would be a violation of Amazon policy. That's a very easy one for me to say. Now, if you have a product package and your product package has your website on it, that's fine. What we're talking about is directly soliciting Amazon customers to go off the Amazon platform. And Amazon has all kinds of ways of detecting that. But that's just one example. But failing to adhere to Amazon policies and guidelines can lead to account suspensions or closure. Fortunately, my client's account wasn't closed. It was suspended. But sometimes even when your account is suspended, it's so damn frustrating because they really don't speak in English. And I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion towards uh, the people that are working for them in India. I'm just saying that they don't even really articulate for you exactly what it is. They, sometimes they're like, well, you remember when uh, you were a kid and your mom would, you'd be in trouble for something and you'd be like, what am I in trouble for? And your mom would be like, well, why don't you tell me? like the admission of guilt. Sometimes Amazon is literally looking for the admission of guilt and sometimes you can figure it out. Sometimes you can't. In this case, it was pretty clear as to what they did. So pretty clear case as to how to create a, a response that would be acceptable to Amazon. There is an art to getting accounts unsuspended, but if you commit a, let's, uh, stay with our analogies. If you commit murder, I can't get you off a of murder. But if you do, if you are a jaywalker, I can probably get you off. So account suspensions on Amazon. If you do something that's not egregious, we probably can fix it. But if you do something that's egregious, not even the billion dollar seller, David Happy, can help you in some instances. So familiar, familiarize yourself with Amazon's terms of service, uh, intellectual property rights. If you're violating someone else's intellectual property rights, that's one of the fastest ways to a termination of your account on Amazon. If you're, if you're listing uh, Sony products and you're not an authorized Sony retailer, I don't care if you bought it from the, the days of retail arbitrage are relatively over. I don't care if you bought a Sony product from Walmart and you thought that you could resell it on Amazon. Listen, you can't take it over to eBay, put a, you know, discount it by 75 bucks and put it on eBay intellectual property rights. Amazon does not intercede on behalf of Amazon does not weigh in on disputes on intellectual property rights. But if you're in clear violation of someone's intellectual property rights and that property rights holder has the brand ready. I got interrupted by my own software because I'm talking too long. But if that intellectual property holder has a brand registry, they can knock you out of Amazon. So don't infringe on somebody else's uh, intellectual property, but violating Amazon policies is, is going to get you knocked off of Amazon clear as day. And sometimes we have some great tools and tricks as far as how we can work with Amazon to get you restored, but there are some things that you can do that even we can't help you with. Next up on our list, insufficient marketing efforts. Relying solely on Amazon's organic traffic may limit your potential, meaning even if you create a beautiful listing, that's not enough. Don't forget about marketing activities such as pay-per-click advertising on Amazon. We know how to kind of 
rig the system a little bit in that regard. Use your social media to pump up your own company and your own listings, and in, in some cases, drive some traffic to Amazon to your listings. Because sales beget sales on Amazon. The more you sell on Amazon, the more you get featured. And the more you get your featured, the more you sell. Do some email marketing where you can drive some customers to Amazon directly. You can do some promo uh, codes for them on Amazon that they can use. Um, don't neglect marketing efforts in terms of driving your business on Amazon. We will ask you for some social proof, uh, some things that you can, some press releases, some your own website to reinforce your marketing and your branding. One of the cardinal sins that can get you in deep trouble with Amazon, as we talked about, was circumventing Amazon's platform for communication with customers. So keep all of your, when we're talking about marketing, even with regard to marketing or communication with customers, keep all of your communication with Amazon customers on Amazon. We only talk to Amazon through the Amazon seller support messaging tools they have. We don't ever have the customer email us. We don't ever have the customer call us. We don't ever include in our correspondence on Amazon ways for the customer to get a hold of us off of Amazon. Keep everything, all of your correspondence with all of the Amazon customers on Amazon. Amazon considers the customers theirs and they protect the customers and any attempt that Amazon perceives you to divert customers from Amazon can result in permanent suspension. And thus, that's one of the things that I can't fix for you also. If Amazon is convinced that you are intentionally trying to divert customers off of Amazon, I can't fix that for you. Next up, inadequate customer service. Providing exceptional customer service is crucial for your success on Amazon. We talked about this before with regard to response times. Uh, be super helpful in your support of Amazon customers because 99% of the transactions will go the way they are supposed to. So 1% of the transactions, you're just going to have to suck it up. You're just going to have to look at it as a cost of business. Um, you know, Amazon's responsible for 50% of the United States e-commerce. So if 1% of the transactions are a pain in the ass for me, then I'm going to just take care of those 1% of the transactions. I'm going to make it up on the other 99 Next up on the list, failing to monitor and adapt. Now let's take this up to 50,000 square feet and say the e-commerce landscape is evolving, being stagnant. This is not, uh, remember the old Ron Popeil commercials where he would have the, uh, that oven and his, his catchphrase was set it and forget it. The exact opposite is true on Amazon. Uh, staying stagnant can be detrimental. Failing to monitor market trends, competitor strategies, Amazon policy updates, that can all be things that are detrimental to your Amazon business. Continually adapt your business strategies, optimize your listings, explore opportunities to stay competitive and grow your business. Your business is either growing or dying. We grow businesses. We don't, we don't enter a single business on Amazon unless we think we can absolutely dominate it and take the number one market share position. And if we can't dominate it, what do we, we're not playing for second place here. So if you're the CEO of the company, demand regular updates from your team on your Amazon strategy. Regardless of all the 500 hats you're wearing, have a meeting once a week for once in, you know, for an hour with your Amazon team where they can give you updates on what they're working on Amazon. Because the things that we talked about three months ago might not work tomorrow. Things are changing on Amazon all the time. You better be... Take a look at how Best Buy grew from the sound of music into the dominant retailer and consumer electronics today. 
They, while Best Buy had their concept one, which was their non-commissioned salespeople, all the other retailers were doing commission. Then when everybody started to copy them, Best Buy was already working on their behind the scenes, working on concept two, changing the layout of their stores and the interaction with the customers. While everybody else started copying their commission format, their non-commission format, Best Buy evolved into concept two. Then Best Buy went to concept three, where they pulled all the merchandise out of the back of the warehouse and put it all on the sales floor. That was a new concept in retail. So Best Buy evolved and evolved and evolved, and they kept beating their competitor every time. You know, General George Patton had a phrase that, and I'll botch it, but he said something to the effect of that he's studied the competition and he's read all of their memoirs. He knew everything there was to know about the competition. So when the time comes, when when the time came for him, he was going to whip the hell out of the competition. That's the aggressiveness. That's the edge that we need to be successful on Amazon. We're going to monitor. We're going to stay up on what's happening. We're going to, you know what? I have one customer and I regularly am report and just having discussions with him about his rankings and what the new products are. You know, there's within the category that you sell in, you can get into an area on Amazon where you can see all the brand new listings in your category for this week. Are you looking at that? I mean, that's such great information, not only for your Amazon business, but just for your business overall to know what the brand new items are that just launched this week on Amazon. Do you know what they are in your category? I bet you don't. By the way, I bet you the, the most of you that are listening to this podcast, I bet you don't even know that there's an area on Amazon in your category that you can go and see all the brand new listings on Amazon for this week. And that's what I'm talking about by, when I say failure to monitor and adapt. You be the expert, or if you're the CEO, make sure you have somebody on your team that's the expert, or make sure that you're paying a company like the billion dollar seller to be your expert. But somebody's got to be watching the shop here. Selling on Amazon, it's it's an amazing experience for entrepreneurs, such a great opportunity. Really, we're fortunate to be alive right now in this time where you can literally chart your own future. You literally can build a business on Amazon. A couple of the businesses that I've sold in the past were literally Amazon-centric businesses. I have one friend that does about 90% of his multi-million dollar business on Amazon, the rest of it is on his own website as a result of his Amazon business. So anyway, it's still for, for Amazon, when you do Amazon right, you can avoid all of these plagues. Everything that we just talked about is common sense. Everything we talked about are problems that are avoidable by you. Everything that we talked about is navigable. When I take a look at, let's just quickly go back. Let me look back through product research, you should be doing that anyway. Poor product listings, What if, if you're not committed to have the best product listings, then why are you even in this business? Um, ignoring customer reviews and feedback, that's the lifeblood of our industry. Uh, pricing strategies, you should be the expert. You should be the market leader. I'm not saying you have to be the cheapest, and in most cases, I'm the most expensive product because I only sell products that are the best in class. But inadequate inventory management, this is one of my clients um, that I fortunately fired or whatever. Um, they were terrible. If, if you're not intending on doing this inventory management correctly and keeping the right inventories in stock and shipping on time, then good luck to you. You're going to go out of business. Uh, neglecting Amazon SEO search, this is part of the gamesmanship of Amazon is staying abreast of the changes for the algorithms and playing best guess and testing, A-B testing. What's going to work? How can I refine this? How can I make this better? How can I, uh, selling on Amazon is like fishing. 
How can I change the lure? Do I need to fish at different times of the day? Do I need to use a different pole? Should I use different bait? Insufficient marketing efforts. Listen, I can't teach you how to be a marketing company. Now, one of my friends from Jessica uh, Adenich from Design Pod, uh, from De- from Design Pod Studios, can teach you marketing, but I can't teach you. If you don't, if you're not a marketer, you're probably not on Amazon anyway. Inadequate customer service. Take care of the customers. That part's pretty simple. Failing to monitor and adapt. Failing to understand really that there's a bigger picture here. If you look at back at one of the articles that I just wrote, which talks about the last 20 years of retail, everything is different now than it was 20 years from now. And everything is going to be different three years from now than it is today. We can't possibly work with all of you. I do pick the best of the best to work with personally here at the billion dollar seller. So if you think you have what it takes, send me an email introduction, my email, my personal email address. You can email me is Dave at BillionDollarSeller.com. That's Dave at BillionDollarSeller.com. I can't take retainer clients from every single person that's out there. I can take an hour or two's worth of consulting with you. If you want to grab one of our coaching sessions, I'd be happy to just kind of talk with you through your Amazon strategy. Doesn't mean that for the long haul I'd be able to work with you, but you can go to the BillionDollarSeller.com. You can take a look at the coaching times that we have available there. You can grab an hour or two with me personally. I'd love to talk with you. And even if it's just to talk through some of these points we just talked about, give you some clarity on some of the things, some of the ways that you can fix or or drive your Amazon business even harder. So that's the show for today. I just had to get that off my chest. Sorry for the therapy session. This has been kind of cathartic for me after spending literally the better, the better part of the holiday weekend uh, successfully getting a customer unstuck from their own suspension. Um, we cause our own problems most of the time, but if you pay attention to this list, go back and listen to this list again. Make sure you've built these fundamental, easy disciplines into your business. And with that, my name is David Happy, signing off from the Billion Dollar Seller. We are on podcast platforms nationwide, and I will be back in your uh, smartphone here shortly with another edition of the Billion Dollar Seller podcast.